Yoshian Cast, the weekly sports anime fan podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest. Well, no one. Uh, Matt is currently out of state. He is actually uh, have he has some personal business in Colorado. He has to take care of right now, so it's just going to be me flying solo this week. Uh, it is week two of the fall season, covering all sports anime that uh, were aired between October eighth and October the fourteenth. Uh, no real announcements outside of the fact that Matt's not here this week. Uh, outside of the fact, so I believe Robo Masters has aired, but I don't think, I haven't, I looked on all the major anime streaming services, nobody seems to have it right now, I don't even know if it's aired yet, I, I was looking online, it seems like it has, uh, until we can figure out, uh, whether or not it's going to be on one of the major streaming services, so Crunchyroll... Uh, Anime Strike, or I, Amazon, I guess, uh, since Daisuke's going out of business now. Uh, yeah, I we're just probably not going to cover it until we get more information about that. So, uh, anyway, uh, oh, I'm also not doing Big Wind-Up this week because uh, Matt and I agreed that we kind of wanted to do that one together since, it's, since we are starting the new season and it just didn't feel right to not get, to basically go into the new season of Big Wind-Up without, you know, both of us doing it at the same time, since, you know, it's just something we're watching on DVD. It's the only thing that's not currently airing. But, uh, hey, speaking of something that's a new season, uh, why don't I get started on March Comes In Like a Lion? Uh, this is gonna be episode 23, or episode 1 of season 2. So, this, uh, episode covers Ray's first day as part of the Shogi Club that he started up in conjunction with Noguchi who was the head of the science club. They've kind of joined their two clubs together. It's basically just a slice-of-life story about Rei having fun with Noguchi and the other science club members. He seems to enjoy teaching them about uh, Shogi. Uh, there's a very... he's He becomes kind of despondent, however, when he's actually asked if he enjoys it because he doesn't actually have an answer as to whether or not he actually likes Shogi. Uh... And so, and that's probably going to become part of his soul-searching throughout the season. Uh, however, regardless of that, they end up watching the Majin Finals, uh, where we get a reintroduction to Soya, uh, as well as his opponent for this tournament, uh, Kurakuma. However, the boys actually get kind of distracted because they focus more on what they're actually eating and how they can actually make that in their little laboratory. Uh, and Ray just has a wonderful time doing this, and he's very excited to go home and show the three sisters what he's been up to in school recently. Uh, so, anyway, I thought this was a pretty solid re-entry into the show. Uh, it, there wasn't actually that a lot of substance to it, I would say, because it was effectively just... Ray finds out he's happy doing things with people. Um, so, you know, not really a whole lot to go into there. I, I did think what was interesting, uh, one way that I think was really interesting that kind of hammered home the point of how how meaningful this interaction Ray was having Nogu with Noguchi and the rest of the boys was how they started watching that first match we never actually got to see the resolution of that match because it's kind of not important to Ray right now. 
Uh, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of neat how they actually decided, rather than trying to use this moment to try and build up Soya and his big opponent, opponent Kurakuma, more... You know, they kind of made their point with their discussion about how they're two very dynamically different people, but, you know, just, uh, just through their actions throughout the match. Uh, but, you know, we never actually got any sort of conclusion to that, because that wasn't really the important part of the episode. You know, the focus has always been on Ray. You know, just having this one moment, you know, this one weird moment where he realizes this is actually what I was looking for when I went to high school, when I came to high school. Um... You know, and I like it. Like, I like spending time with people. I didn't realize I was going to like it. Well, I kind of had a feeling, but I wasn't really sure. Uh, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting in conjunction with the... Uh, with Ray being asked about, you know, whether or not he likes Shogi. Because I think this is ultimately going to be the conflict of this entire season. You know, he understands that he likes spending time with people, but, you know, he has this very long history with Shogi, you know. He's kind of devoted his entire life for it. He's kind of almost destroyed his life because of Shogi, when you think about it. Like, I mean, he even mentions, you know, he's an 18-year-old professional Shogi player. And, but here he is, you know, he's not even paying attention to, like, you know, the biggest match of the season... So he can spend time with his friends. And I think that's going to end up having a lot of consequences for him down the line. And he's going to have to end up choosing whether or not he really, really wants to continue the sport. Maybe the answer will be no. Uh, and I think that's kind of the neat thing, too, about the series is that I don't really know what the answer is going to be. Because in a lot of sports series, the end goal is always the sport is what makes you happy. You know... There is, like, if you continue to pursue this line, you know, this sort of future, you're going to find happiness, you know. It's always about the struggle, you know, in order to find that sort of, you know. Ray even talks about this in this episode, you know. It's like, you know, the better you get, the more bittersweet your losses are like. And, you know, that's what almost makes it fulfilling, you know. You just want to keep feeling stronger, but the more you lose, you know, the worse it's going to feel when you lose. And, you know, that's not... Actually, for everybody, you know, Ray was just sort of raised in this world. He doesn't really know anything else. And I think that's kind of an interesting uh, dichotomy he has there. Where, you know, he's going to have to start asking himself, is this going to be something he wants to consider pursuing? Uh, otherwise, I did... One other thing I will say about it, though, is that it doesn't seem as if though Ray necessarily dislikes talking about Shogi either. Uh, you know, we kind of see that in his interaction with Noguchi and the rest of the club. You know, when they're watching, when they're there, like, playing Shogi, you know, Noguchi's just sort of torn up over the fact that he can't seem to win. Uh, you know, Ray seems to actually be enjoying himself trying to explain, like, okay, so this is what you need to do in order to do this. You know, he seems genuinely happy about that. And, you know, again, maybe this just comes down to the fact that you know, he does, you know, he's just happy to be interacting with somebody, but, you know, at the same time, that doesn't necessarily, you know, maybe he also likes talking about Shogi, like, you know, he's never actually had anybody outside of, I guess, maybe Nikaido, who is his own age, to ever do anything, you know, to ever spend any time even talking about Shogi with, and he, did I know Nikaido didn't, he didn't like Nikaido, at least at first. Uh, but I, I think that's kind of, it's kind of the whole choice about 
do you really enjoy doing something because you you want to do it or because you feel like you have to you know you never really get that sort of option in life and that's kind of where a lot of Ray's conflict I think comes from because he's getting to a point now I think where he realizes that that's no longer something he has to you know maybe this isn't something he actually wants to do maybe he's going to find a passion in the sciences you know he seems to genuinely enjoy like making this candy uh with the rest of the club uh, otherwise, uh, there wasn't, like, a whole lot else to discuss about it. Uh, I did like the matchup between Soya and, uh, Kuramo, uh, Kurakuma, uh, excuse me. Just because of how much they managed to convey in the personality of the two characters without really a whole lot of dialogue. Uh, mainly just with j the sheer intensity in which, uh, Kurakuma manages just to pick up his cakes that he eats. Uh, during the match like you can like this is something I think that uh, March comes in like a lion has always done very well is using its animation in order to convey a lot more about the characters than just you know having a big showy moment like you really like you see Kurakuma pick you know you get some really nice close-ups of Kurakuma picking up these cakes you know it's almost uncomfortable how close you are and you just see him squish his hand into these cakes you know it really conveys just the raw intensity of this guy as opposed to Soya you know who's very composed about how he drinks his tea but you know it's not as if though he's not without his own power like how he just sort of offhandedly drops his uh his supplements into his tea you know you get kind of this sense of this sort of uncontrolled power in Kurakuma versus uh, Soya's sort of, sort of more uh, refined. He's a little bit more... He's more stable. He he has a lot more control over what he's able to do with himself. And I think that's sort of the difference. In You know, they kind of collide in that way. Though we haven't really seen much of that yet. Uh, and if I'm going to be honest, though, I'm not really that interested in seeing more of that. I, I think this episode... I, I liked what I saw in this episode. But to be honest, I don't think... Outside of the results of the match, I think just showing Kurakuma, like, emphasizing his difference uh, between himself and Soya in this episode was perfectly enough. Uh, but anyways, speaking of something I've had perfectly enough of, I'm gonna go on to Welcome to the Ballroom, episode 15. Okay, so episode 15 covers uh, Tadura and Chinatsu's sort of quick breakup they've had after apparently achieving uh, D-Class, since apparently they got second place in that last match they were in. Uh, but Tadura goes to Marissa's dance studio. Uh, for those who don't remember, Marissa is Hyodo's mother. Uh, and there he meets uh, Kugamiya, who actually was the guy who scored first, along with his partner, uh, at the cup that uh, Tadara and Shinatsu were at. Uh, anyway, what uh, Tadara discovers there is that he's just not taking enough control. He's always leaving the girls to do all the work, and, you know, it's really time for him to start taking control, even though he himself doesn't particularly seem to like this. He doesn't think it's very fair to the girls, who he feels are athletes themselves. But, you know, Marissa is quick to point out to him that the dance, that the lead is the one who is listed as the athlete and the girls are just listed as part of the couple. So he needs to sort of get it together and start working on actually taking the lead. 
Uh, we get a cut to Sengoku at his own tournament where we meet his uh, rival Vasily. We'll get into him in a little bit. Uh, but the important part is at this match, uh, Tadara tells Sengoku that he wants to switch studios and that he's going to go start working with uh, Marissa. Uh, Sengoku agrees sort of quietly and just sort of gives Tadara his blessing to go on on his own. And then it's a time skip to the Grand Prix, apparently. And uh, Tadara and Chinatsu have decided to enter against Maris Marissa's will. Okay, um, so I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm pretty done with Welcome to the Ballroom at this point. Like, any goodwill it had almost built up with me with the uh, introduction of Chinatsu, I, that's pretty much gone at this point. Uh... Just based on the conversation that uh, Marissa had with uh, Tadara, I understand that the world of ballroom dancing is sort of, you know, it's sort of inherently sexist in its own way, and the fact that it is supposed to kind of, it does sort of create the, it's kind of based around that whole idea of gender roles with the man taking the lead, and, you know, the woman sort of performing, you know, along with the man, and I, I don't particularly have a problem with the series depicting that, per se. Like, I, I, you know, in Cross Game, for example, I don't particularly begrudge the fact that in that story there's a female pitcher who's, so, who's better than any of the boys, but because of the way society is, she's kind of forced into teaching the main character how to pitch himself. I don't mind that because that's just kind of depicting the way that society is this went a little too far though i kind of feel like in its depiction of that because this was kind of supposed to be totterer's big wake-up moment about eh, about how totterer needs to kind of you know man up and finally take the lead for these girls who just need his guidance like I, you know i kind of like the fact that totterer is like well this is kind of silly why shouldn't i like you know, like, what's wrong with letting the girls take the lead? Like, I, I don't have a problem with that. And, you know, I, I think it could be kind of interesting to kind of see if that's kind of what, he, you know, in every sports series, every the main character has their kind of strange, unique, special ability that kind of sets them apart from the rest of the, you know, from what competitors are normally used to. I think that could actually make for a very interesting story if that's the direction they decided to go. Instead, though, they decided to just make that, nope, Tadara, you know... I thought that, you know, Maris even says, like, I thought that your giant loss at the Tenpei Cup where you got last place in the finals would have been your wake-up call. And it's like, really? Is that the direction you really want to go here, guys? The fact that, you know, Tadara just... It, I, I don't like this sort of toxic masculinity that the series is kind of pushing here. Like, this whole necessary that, no, Tadara has to be, like, the alpha male here. And it's like, and I get that's why he got into the sport. I don't have a problem with that but it would be so much more interesting to me if he kind of got into it because of that and then sort of realized that hey you know what like maybe standing out is not what i actually wanted to do maybe that's what i you know maybe i want to stand out but i didn't want to have to be like you know i didn't want to have to de detract uh or like distract people from you know my partner in this like and i do think that's kind of the direction they're going to try and go to but just the fact that everybody just seems so accepting, like, this is what the rules are, this is what they say, you gotta suck up and deal with it. On one hand, I can respect that, just because, 
you know, it's being kind of pragmatic about it. You know, you kind of have to work within the system. At the same time, though, it's just based on what everything else this series has shown us about, like, how Sengoku is supposed to kind of be this sort of almost brutish idol that we're supposed to revere because, you know, he grabs teenage girls by their dresses and rips them off sort of inconsiderately. Like, you know, with, you know, and we're supposed to laugh at that. Or, like, for example, in this very episode, perhaps the most awful... <sighs> this is the stupidest joke we have ever covered on this show. Uh, this is going to be with uh, Sengoku's rifle, Vasily, who is very flamboyantly gay. And again, look, my issue with Vasily isn't even just that he's sort of flamboyantly gay. It's that he's sort of aggressively flamboyantly gay. Like, it's basically playing off the whole stereotype that, you know, gay people are sexual predators who are just horn dogs and will assault straight men. Like, you know, because the way Vasily is introduced to us, he says one line to Sengoku. Uh, then he just, you know, basically just like a hello, welcome everybody. I'm like... Blah, blah, blah. He, like, everybody sort of reacts like, Oh! Oh my god! He's the gay! Uh, then Vasily stands up, walks over to Sengoku, and then grabs him by the crotch. Literally no setup for this. This is just, the gag is, he's gay, he's sexually assaulting Sengoku. Oh, those wacky gay people and their sexual harassment of straight men. It's just, it's so stupid. Like, I just... What is this? The, the 80s? I don't... This It's just so outdated and, like, it's mean. It's mean and, like, it's inaccurate. <laughs> and just the fact that we're, like, it's entirely just played up for last because everybody, because after that, just every, like, the three boys, uh, Tadara, Sengoku, and Hyodo just sort of rush out in a mad frenzy like, oh god, no, he's gonna be dangerous. Like, it, this is just some sort of wacky hijinks that we're supposed to be laughing at. Like, oh, ha, ha, he's, that guy is so weird and angry. And not only that, but, like, Vasily, you know, we kind of can see, like, a distant shot, you know, where he's at the podium. He got number one over Sengoku, who was, like, number three. And, you know, he's there at the podium just standing there trying to kiss Sengoku. And it's like, come on, guys. And I, that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the whole idea of toxic masculinity. It's the whole idea that you have to be the man's man who's trying to, you know, he's able to wow the women. And, you know, that's the only reason he could ever be into dancing. You know, it's not a gay sport, guys. Like, no, no, we know that there are gay dancers out there, but don't worry. You can be a real man, too. You don't have to be like this. And that's what's so aggressively, like, disgusting to me about this episode. Like, and just with Vasily, like, it, it takes about a minute, but man, it just left a nasty taste in my mouth. Like, ugh, my lord. Uh, and yeah, it's like, you know, maybe people might say, well, why, why would you, like be turned off of the series at this point because of that one gag. And, okay, first of all, this has been a long time coming. I have been very tepid towards uh, Welcome to the Ballroom for the past couple episodes now. It it, it was starting to build some goodwill for me uh, for Chinatsu, but man, this just, like, just the sort of... The fact that they decided to reinforce, like, this whole notion of 
you need to be Mr. Manly Man. Like, just through this one really disgusting gag. Ah, it, like, ah, screw this series. I am so done with it. Um, speaking of things I'm done with, by the way, uh, let's talk about Two Car Episode 2. Okay, so, this episode is at the beginning of a tournament. Uh, our two main characters, Yuri and Mia, uh, Megumi, uh, they go to pick up the other competitors, who were the girls that were introduced to us in the first episode. They're going to go pick them up at their, uh, from the boat that they were traveling on to come there, uh, and they're gonna go stay with them. And what we discover that the girls of Mie Suzaka, uh, Chiyuki and Misaki, uh, they are having some relationship problems. Because they can't seem to, uh, they apparently are having some trust issues because Misaki's confused why Chiyuki would have her join, like, was so forceful in getting her to join up as her passenger. And then the episode sort of ends. Uh, there is a race this episode, though I couldn't tell you about what it's for? This series is so confusing. I don't understand... I don't even understand when this race is taking place. I think one girl mentions offhand that it's been a while since they've been there. So I guess this is supposed to take place after the first race in the first episode. But I can't tell if the But, like, I don't really have a good sense of that. Like, I, I almost feel like, like, it almost seems like this episode is, like, a flash, like, this episode could really take place at any point. This could, like, what we saw in the last episode could have just been the very final uh, race in the tournament uh, that they're in. Like, and, you know, that's kind of their final victory, you know, or, you know, we get to see right from the beginning that the girls, you know, they got what they were shooting for, which was... Uh, winning in this tournament, this tur uh, so that they can go see their teacher, because winning in this tournament uh, gets them to the tournament that their teacher went to. But I just, I don't understand anything that's going on in this series. Like, these two girls who were introduced to us, uh, uh, Chiyuki and Misaki, like, we have this whole flashback with them about... How Chiyuki, like, apparently approached Misaki to, you know, like, she's apparently, you know, Chiyuki's apparently rich and she was very determined to get Misaki to have her join. And, you know, Misaki's very confused, but, you know, she eventually relinquishes when she finds out that Chiyuki is going to pay for her to do this. But, like, she doesn't understand why she's going to do it. And, yeah, I'm with her. I don't understand either. And I guess that's supposed to be a big reveal, but I don't understand why I'm supposed to care. Like, I don't get, like, I don't care at all about Chiyuki or Misaki's, like, goals here. I don't understand, like, I get that you want to kind of leave a mystery to kind of get people to keep coming back to the next episode. Like, ooh, like, ooh, what's the answer to this question? Like, oh, are we finally going to find out more about these girls? But, like, I, I have to care about them first. And there's just so many different girls and characters, I can't tell who's where and who's who like it, it like people keep talking referring to character names just like oh so-and-so is with so-and-so and they're like you know they're over uh like these girls are no longer at this uh you know the, like one of the reveals in this episode was that some of the passengers are staying at different places from their drivers and it's like if i didn't have notes right in front of me i would not be i would have no way of even telling who is going where i don't still like the only reason i like Honestly, the fact that Chiyu, that the girls are Chiyuki and Misaki, 
like the fact that they were the characters that these that this episode is focusing on. I only realized that because I got my notes right in front of me and I'm reading their names off. Watching this episode, I had no idea who these girls were. Were I didn't know their names. I didn't care what their names were. Like the most I like the only real goal I even have here are Yuri's and Megumi's. And again, their their goal is a little bit creepy. The fact that they're both in love with their adult male coach. You know, they want to go, you know, they want to win this race so that they can go race with him in Europe. And a, a policewoman, a policewoman of all characters, has the goal to, like, make the to have the line, you know, oh, a girl in live, you know, no obstacle is too much for her to overcome. It's like, shouldn't you be investigating this man? This clearly, like, like, this man who is clearly abusing his position to kind of lead on two high school girls? This is not right! It, just everything about this is just so strange. Like, I, I almost feel like I came in on, like, not even a second season, but, like, a third season. I, like, what is this show? Who are these people? I, I guess one of the things we got was that, like, the two announcers, uh, like, apparently the gag is that, like, the girl who's, like, really hyperactive... Like, she's, like, you know, she's really, really energetic when she's, you know, announcing over the speaker. But then as soon as the speaker goes off, you know, she's actually, like, she's actually very quiet and gets very tired. You know, she kind of has, like, an on and off switch. And the game, uh, the uh, the anime makes no bones about that with having very, you know, making a very clear editing gag of, oh, turn off. Oh, now she's going down. It's a, it's a little on the nose. I guess it's a little funny, but again, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know why we're doing any of this. <sighs> anyway, uh, thanks for li listening to me ramble for about twenty five minutes. I hope Ely come. I'm. I really wish Ely was here this episode because there is so much I wanted to go over with him. But uh, hopefully, we can kind of get back to that next week. Uh, we'll hopefully see you then, or. I don't know if you'll hear from us. It doesn't matter. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.